Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. Bigger, bigger. We've done that thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. Understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. Take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. So welcome back. I'm trusting, uh, hoping, fingers crossed, uh, that we're all safe and well, no matter what country or continent that we're listening to this in. Uh, I am Richard Keyes. And I am Andrew Gray. At some distance, we'll explain the reason for the delay and the slight difference in the sound quality in just a moment. But do yeah. subscribe, please. Follow us wherever you are and wherever you get your pods from. If you like what you hear, rate us, please, and leave a review. We will be very grateful. Plenty of reaction to our guest last week, Joey Barton, who I thought Andy was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I loved his honesty. And um, I promise that we will be hearing from him again as long as he's happy to join us. But I think we'll yeah. certainly be extending the invitation. Agreed? Absolutely. I mean, I think Joey, whether you like Joey or whether you don't like Joey, and, I, you know, I think there's a pretty, he'd, he'd admit himself, he's pretty 50-50 around, around the country. But he doesn't mess about. He doesn't uh, try and cover it up. He tells it as he sees it. He calls it as yeah. he sees it. And he, you're right, he's a very honest young man. I enjoy that. enjoy his company as well yeah. when he cats out with us. And at 50 50, he's doing better than me. Mine's more probably 70 30, 80 20. No, I think, you're, I think you're bigging yourself up there, son. I think you're more 80 20 if you want me to be truthful. We, we actually did get a bit of stick for one of the topics last week um, our conversation on the strengths of Brendan Rogers, which I have to say I'm surprised about because, I, I mean, the timing on the back of that was impeccable. Leicester, of course, went top, albeit only for 24 hours, but they are in a title race. And I do wish him and I do wish them all the very, very best. And I would love to see them repeat what they did yeah. when they took us by surprise. I mean, I don't think this would be this time, do you? No, I don't. Why did we get stuck? What was the stick about? 
Well, I just think that, that Brendan is Brendan divides opinion as well, and I've always said yeah, that. Yeah, he's, yeah. He to, and I always like to. I like a smattering of words that Ray Wilkins would use, just so that I can continue to pretend that he's with us, Andy. I, I still miss uh-huh. the guy. So I, I, he can be a tad verbose, uh, yeah. and I think that's what turns people off. But his his success, uh, and it is that since leaving Liverpool, I, I think mm-hmm. has been extraordinary. Uh, from someone yeah. who couldn't win a trophy, got close, but very very close with the league title, became a serial winner in Scotland. And and might might get Leicester over the line. Anyway, so where others fear to tread, we go. Uh, mm-hmm. Our friends in the media, Andrew, eventually catch up. Um, so uh-huh. let, oh, um, reactions, please, to uh, Twitter and Instagram at Keys and Grey Pod. You have to spell it out, Keys and Grey Pod. So on that basis, terrific to see Paul Pogba in such good form against both Burnley and Fulham, and such a pity he, he didn't play at Anfield. <laughs> <laughs> you have been very naughty, Mr. Keys. Very, very naughty. I, well, I know what you mean. You, I, listen, you I agree. Listen, I agree. Listen, listen my, my, my Paul Pogba's talent is there. It, it, it has not gone as much as it would have. It should have done at Old Trafford. The boy has talent, right? That's an absolute no-brainer. He has immense talent. The problem is he hasn't shown it in the games where he's needed to. Big players influence big games. The games that really, really matter. Now, Manchester United fans will maybe haul on a screen. Well, that mattered that the day. We were 1-1 and we needed a second goal. Fine, yes. Somebody else might have got your second goal and, and maybe could have got your second goal. But when it really matters in the big one, in the big games, in the Champions League, in title deciders, in big FA Cup ties, let's, let's, let Paul go and influence those games in the manner he, he has done against Burnley and, and Fulham. Then we can begin to get back to seeing the Paul Pogger, but we thought that United had signed all these years ago. <laughs> yeah, but, but Nigel de Jong talks about, he played yeah. against him when he was in Italy. Nigel always talks about the Pogba he knows. But, I, you know, Andy, I'm, I'm not sure any of us truly know. I, I, you know, back to, back to what? He's never really, ever really, I mean, he, he, even in that World Cup success, he was on the periphery, wasn't he? Uh, I, I've never really seen him take a game by the scruff of the neck in minute one, as Jose would say, and boss it until minute 95. I've never seen it. So I, I don't no, know I, what it is that he's looking to get back to being. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think. He's been there, what, three or four years now, is it, at United? He's certainly Must been be at three, there. yeah. Yeah, Tim. And I, and I look back over the... And I'm not a United fan, so they would know more about it than me. But I, I can only think of a couple... I remember the City game away from home when he scored two goals in the second half, influenced the game there. That was a that was a big moment, but that was purely the scoring. I think two headers was it he scored that day, and yeah, then the, the game so, yeah. that they talk about the influence that uh, against Spurs away when they beat them, they nicked that one. When actually it was actually David Ayer was man of the match that day, but but Paul got credited with with being fantastic that day and, and dictating the game. But apart from that, the big games when. When Paul's been needed and, and Paul's been, you're saying, go on then, stand up, go on big man, show us what you're made of, show us what you can do. It, it hasn't come through often enough. I'm not saying no. never, because they'll rear up and say, yeah, he has that. Yes, but it's not been shown often enough for the type of money One they ball. for a top player. One ball, which got uh, the scorer away, Rashford, I think, at Tottenham. Mm. And yeah, it was Rashford. I... I, I, I I haven't seen it, Andy. Anyway, uh, people are looking around for reasons. I've got one, a very good one. Perhaps Mina Riola has said, listen, um, there's no money about 
Uh, Real Madrid haven't got any. Uh, Barcelona, Juve are toiling. Maybe, son, we might be better off where we are. So keep your mouth shut. I'll close mine and see how we go. I think that probably, <laughs> probably is an explanation <laughs> to how things have turned. <laughs> Uh, the, as far as the quality of the sound is concerned, I did say we'd explain that. I'm, I'm sitting in Qatar. Uh, my colleague is, I, I don't know how many thousands of miles away, Andy, but uh, having travelled in a very safe COVID bubble by arrangement yeah. between here and the Maldives, mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. sat in an overwater villa somewhere. Yes, I am, Richard. Yeah, clothes on and uh, double tested and in a very safe, secure COVID bubble here. Um, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a little piece of normality after after you know, the, the year that everybody's had throughout the world. Um, but I should be back with you on Tuesday, son, don't worry. It reminds me, <laughs> it reminds me very affectionately of Fridays at Talk Sport, where <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> your schedule was travel down from the Midlands on a Monday, back Tuesday, uh, travel down uh, Tuesday, or, or back Monday. Yeah, stay. you had two overnight stay, but Friday, importantly, that's that's what I was trying to get to. Friday, you'd work from home. And you know yeah. what? They 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 never sussed us. So so I, I think we did okay. I think it's I think it's standard practice now. All radio programs are presented from home. But uh, I I I mean two wonderful years and and it was fun. It was really good fun. Yeah, um, so was, to change subject, what of Frank Lampard and the struggles that he is currently having at Chelsea? Wow. Well, um... Well, there's no doubt that um, there was questions before the Leicester game. There's certainly more questions after it. Um, ah, listen, this is a strange season. Here. Five games ago, Liverpool were top of the league, had just thumped um, Crystal Palace 7-2, had just beaten Tottenham the week before that. Everyone's saying, unless you finish above Liverpool, you're not going to win the title. Five weeks later, they're saying Liverpool have gone, Liverpool are done, they're not the team they were. That's that, it's that kind of season. Chelsea were top of the league. Look what's happened there now. You know, Manchester United started badly, coming back now top of the league. City, they're gone. They're done seven games ago. Now they have to win the game in hand, they go top. So it's a really difficult season to, to, to sit down and analyse properly because of what's going on with COVID. Who's missing? Who's not missing? Uh, we don't know how many players are actually missing from COVID or not on a weekly basis um, when they don't yeah. play. But I think Frank's got... I've, I've said it to you before... Pardon me, he's got a he's got a, an abundance of luxury footballers. But I don't think he's yet it's not it's not his fault. It does take time when so many come in. I don't think as yet, and he might tell me I'm wrong, that if I said, Here's your you've got a Champions League final coming up tomorrow, where's your best team? And unequivocally, unequivocally, could he then say, That's my best team? Because if he can, I think, and it's not for me to tell Frank Lampard. I think he should play that team more if that's his mm. best. Yes, you can drop players out easy. Drop them out. Give them a, a week rest. Yeah, maybe a couple. But but not change it, continually change your, 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 your players and rotate them the way Frank's done. And I don't think that, that, that gets you to consistency. It really doesn't. You look at what United have done. They're far more consistent than select policy these days. So are Manchester City now. Leicester most certainly are. Tottenham, they are. You know, these teams pick pretty much the same team, nine, eight, nine players, if they can, on a weekly basis. And I don't yeah, think it's, it's, does. It, it, I said to you the other night when we were working on being sports, it, it, it's easy 
for all of us to have a view from from afar. We don't really yeah. know. I mean, you talk about COVID. Kai Havertz was COVID positive. Is he is he suffering with long COVID? I, I'm not looking yeah. to make excuses, um, but I'm like you. I just think Frank would find a one to eleven right now and play it for five or six games, get some some confidence back in the club. Uh, and some belief back in the club, and then maybe start to play around. But this week, Havertz and Hudson Adoy, and I, I just thought he was asking for trouble. Then he went and got it, um, and and now, of course, he's under huge pressure. I, I, mm. I and I don't apologise for nailing my colours to his mast. I hope that Chelsea have the good sense to carry on and let him see this period through. How many times have you said down the years you find out more about yourself as a player and a coach when things aren't going well? And this is a spell probably that Frank hasn't previously previously faced no. and, and it won't no. do him any harm ultimately. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't Dickie, because, you know, he, he got to the, the playoff finals with Derby in his first season as a coach. So no, there's no real disappointment in that season, apart from not losing off in the playoff finals. And then he takes uh, Chelsea to the Champions League in his first season in the Premier League as a coach. So he's not had to, it's been pretty much all up, up, up. He's learned far more this season than he's ever learned about himself as a coach, about his players, about his staff. And these, in this last period, the number one. Jurgen Klopp will be learning more about himself and one or two of his players that he maybe never knew that that existed in them. Um, and and mm. this, that, and the other. He'll be learning far more in the last five weeks about all of this than he's learned in the last two years when it's been absolutely seamless, the success that they've had. And that's easy. These coaches will tell you that. Jurgen would tell you that, Jurgen Klopp. He would say it's far easier to be a coach when my team's winning every week. It's much more difficult to be a coach when you're John Dice, who did what he did to them last night. You know, it's, uh, it's far more difficult being John Dice as a coach than it is being Jurgen Klopp. That's, that's for sure, Keezy. And to those of you who have contacted me saying, uh, ah, well, you know, look what Burnley did. Went and sat in, nicked a goal. Yes, that was my point at the weekend. If I'm Burnley, I've got every right to do that. If Manchester United had gone and won the football match, a game that they should have done, if they'd gone and played in Liverpool's half, they'd be two points better off now and Liverpool <laughs> would be out of the title race. It was there to be won. Are you and, not and, talking uh, about that, are you? No, I'm not, because <laughs> the Liverpool Echo this week have been quoting wrongly. I didn't say Liverpool were scared to death of Manchester United. I said United were frightened of Liverpool. They didn't need to be. Go and play in their half. Win the game. Anyway, they didn't, and they might end up paying a big price. Two other subjects before our guests join us. I, I, I did wonder, Andy, the week before last, when Nuno was talking about... We, we need to keep playing because of this threat of a Super League. And I'm, I'm saying to myself, well, what threat? I've heard no more. And then this week, the Sun, well, the Times uh, for two yeah. consecutive days, Thursday, Friday, yeah. start talking about it. Um, FIFA have taken it so seriously that they've said if, if, if players and clubs join it, then, then you can't play in the World Cup finals. Well, I think that's an absolute nonsense because without the top players, then the World Cup is not that uh, and, no. and it would suffer as a result. And the other thing here, which I think it, it, it tells me that this is m more likely, more quickly than ever we thought, 12 clubs would qualify for FIFA's new Club World Cup. Now, that wow. is Infantino's baby. That he uh. wants clubs to be part of. That tells me that this is just round the corner now because the other thing which I found fascinating in the suggestion of how it would be set up, it would not adversely affect domestic leagues. Matches would be played in midweek and clubs would still play in their respective domestic leagues. So I think this is a goer. I think this is a replacement for the Champions League. And I think it is very much on the cards for a start, if not next season, then the one after. And that, I think, Andy, is what Nuno was, was uh, 
uh, referring to. Whether yeah, or not by playing in this, um, you, you know, that, that, that does mean that you're not quite as strong in the domestic league and you don't take it as seriously. I don't know. But I, I think Super League now is, is, is on, absolutely on, more than off. Well, that, that, I mean, I don't know. Listen, I, I, we know football's changing almost on a on a monthly basis. There's, there's all sorts of ideas. This one you've you've touted for a while now, and you've remained convinced over the years that it will happen. Me less so. Um, I I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I I do believe we have to protect our national league. I I'm 100 percent behind Nuno Espirito Santo there. I think we do. Mm. But what is the point of playing? What's the point of Wolves winning the Premier League? Let's say for instance if they can't go and play in the Champions League or the equivalent. Um, well, I was looking at 15 founder clubs. So, so yeah. that's 50. And so five in there are, yeah, the five, yeah, well, yes. That's maybe why Nuno was, was uh, yeah. suggesting that he was not overly convinced by this. But, but um, listen, football evolves and you and I are not in a position to, 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 to cast judgment in that respect no, because no. We, we were part of its evolvement in 1992. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, we can't exactly change horses now, can we? One last one before, again, we introduce our guest, uh, who I'm very much looking forward to spending time with this week. Perfectly timed guest. Well, that's why we do it. Um, yeah, well, we, we get lucky <laughs> Manchester, <there> again. <laughs> Manchester City's first goal the other night. I uh, still cannot get my head round. Now, they can talk to me as long as they like, and I have spoken to many about the specifics of the law. And they might be correct in the way they interpreted the law, but they are not correct when it comes to spirit of the game. And my mind went back to an FA Cup tie at Leicester that Bolton played in, do you remember? Uh-huh. And they stuck, Big Sam put two players on posts at free kicks well beyond yeah. Leicester's defensive line, caused uh-huh. chaos, winning goal came as a result, and it was later subsequently decided it was against the spirit of the game. Why on earth have the PGMOL once again given themselves a problem that they did not have to create? If they'd blown the other night, if John Moss just whistles and says offside, you, you're offside because you, you, you're headed to the ball and you got yourself involved, therefore I can't, I can't let this develop. No one would have complained. Nobody. No. Nobody. Now we have a complete and utter mess with people looking, Keith Hackett today, looking for changes in the offside law so that it only applies in the penalty box. No, just just be sent. Ralph Hassanuttle saying, oh, this is interesting. I, you know, we can stand two beyond the back line now and have them get involved as and when. Uh, I, I mean, it, no. it just beggars belief. The stupidity of these people that interpret only in our league, Andy, only in our league, mm-hmm. Again, in this manner, it just is mind-boggling. Sorry, we have no, a, I meant to ask a question, you, not pass an opinion. No, you pass an opinion. I like it because I tell you that we've got a band <laughs> of uh, people there um, at the PGMOL who are so scared to admit they're wrong. Quite simply, they could have just turned up and said, "By the way, that was wrong." Even after it, and said, "We yes. got that wrong," but they don't. They try and fudge it. I read. I was very particular to read this. Now, Rodri coming back from miles offside as the ball's played up towards Tyron Mane. Their description yes. was he was pl- played onside because Tyron Mane deliberately played the ball to Rodri, which made him onside. Well, that's a lie for a start because he didn't deliberately play the ball no, to Rodri. 
he was controlling it on his chest because he didn't yes. know Roger was behind him. And then for, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Keezy, because I've been away, I've watched the goal. But then Rodri, in my opinion, comes, tackles him and wins the ball. Would that be what you saw? That would be what I saw. Exactly. So that's not Mings playing the ball deliberately to Rodri. That's Rodri coming from offside, getting involved, winning a tackle, taking possession from Tyrone Mings. So therefore, as soon as it came up towards him and he made his move towards the ball, he's offside. End of. You see, End of. I, he has to be because other, Mings otherwise could have let that ball drop over his head, turned and played it back to his goalkeeper. But the fact that, that Rodri was there, he almost certainly got a shout. He, for me, miscontrolled because he's under the pressure that he didn't mm-hmm. expect of Rodri being on his shoulder and then loses the football. So Rodri has to make himself active. He is he is interfering with the, the, the ability of another player on the pitch as a result of having been offside and coming back into what then is regarded as onside. It's just absolute bollocks. It really is. It, it I mean, just, it, it's, it's, why? Why? I don't know. I mean, Mark Clattenburg, who's head of referees in Greece, and I texted him this week and said, what do you think? He said, well, he, he thinks like we think. Why do the PGMOL always create their problem? He says here, yeah. there's an argument that yeah. Rodri immediately challenged Minx for the ball so that the Villa defender had not got full control of it. Well, yes, he did, but he shouldn't have been able to challenge him for the ball. No. He's offside. No. He got he gained an unfair advantage from coming from offside. Of course. A total unfair advantage. It's ridiculous. It's one of the worst things I've seen for a long time, and that's me saying a lot when regarding VAR. That's me saying an awful lot. It was a well, where we decision. go, Andy. It was, and and I, I the, the, having opened the door, I I don't know where we go now. Um, a piece in the Telegraph here. Football was warned last night that the door is open for teams to abuse the offside law. Well, it is. Ralph yeah. Hassenhüttl said said it creates opportunities. Well, well, it does, and yet everything that we saw, even if even if they were right that the law was adhered to and they interpreted it as a result, the spirit of the game was broken and that goal should not have stood. And Villa, by the way, no. have been fantastic. No. And I don't even think the second one's a pen. But there we are. That's that's open to... No, there was, I, I thought anyway, they were unlucky, Villa. You're right. But that, that one, is a, it's, a, it's a brilliant. I mean, they give us a laugh every now and again, PGMOL, but it's not a laugh because it's a football team's uh, future. It's, it's their you know, survival or, or what is, is regarded by these judged by these guys sometimes I mean it just beggars belief the Rodri one I mean I'm sorry I really am sorry so you could just stick somebody in the corner now just leave them up there yes, and say can. right yeah. knock the ball in there as soon as they get it right we're on top of them go and take it off them I mean it's just ugh. you just what, what you do then is you stand you stand two beyond the last defender you smash the ball yeah. on top of the, the head of that uh, defender and then you mug him from behind yeah, yeah. Uh, I, no, that's, well that's, done, that, by the way that was a perfect summation of it mug him from behind that's exactly what yeah. happened. Tyrone Mings, and yet <laughs> Rodri didn't gain an advantage. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> uh. right. Our guest this week, I'd like to discuss many things with. I hope we get the opportunity to. I'd like to discuss Andy uh, Leeds United. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Will they ever be better than 14th to 10th, the way they play and the approach that Bielsa has to the game? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I also want to ask him, what on earth happened? How, how can you be a Champions League semi-finalist one season? I know I know, he, he didn't play in it. He was on the bench, but relegated mm-hmm. the next. Um, and also, Nick Pope, who who was fantastic again uh, last yeah, Thursday. Mm-hmm. We're recording Friday. 
um, uh, how long before he establishes himself as England's number one? As this guy used to be, uh-huh. uh, our guest. I haven't got a drum roll. Hey, the drum roll. Um, we, we're like, yeah. no, no, we haven't given anyone else a drum roll. Come on, man. <laughs> well, he's a good mate. He's a friend of he ours at Beard Sports. It's the former England keeper, Paul Robinson. Robbo, how are you doing? Yeah, really well, thank you, Richard. Uh, well, I am this morning now, <laughs> after 19 days of having that horrible virus. You got hit, wow. yeah? Yeah, got it. About about three weeks ago, me and the missus both got it. She got it for a week. She was fine after a week or so, but she still can't taste or smell anything. I got every wow. single thing wow. that could throw at you after about eight days, wow. breathing, chest and everything. But as I say, about 19 days in now, just about back to normal. Blimey, Robbo. You're a fit boy, oh, thank goodness. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it sounds as though you were hit seriously. Yeah, it, it, after about eight days, I thought, Do you know what, that's not too bad. And then it's really strange because it comes in waves and then you think you're getting better. And after about eight, nine days, it just went straight to my chest and it affected my breathing. I thought I was going to have to go in and get oxygen at one point. My oxygen levels Blimey. were so low. But the last couple of weeks, it, it slowly rectified itself. Still not 100%. Still having night sweats and horrible stuff. It's lingering around. Oh, but no, I'm, I'm almost there with it. Thank you. You actually do sound a little Good breathless. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Well, I just thought that was doing a short easy. Come on, I thought you were breathless because you're doing the short. <laughs> it's the excitement to see you two boys again. We miss you, Robbo. We really do. I- it's been far yeah, too long, hasn't it? Far yes, too long. yes. Listen, a couple far of things that we were just discussing before you joined us. The first one has to be, thoughts please, were you still keeping goal on how on earth you defend the madness that unfolded at Manchester City this week when Rodri was deemed to be onside before mugging Tyrone Mings and City scored their first goal as a result? I just just can't see the logic in the rule. I mean, yes, we've had seen rule changes. We've seen handball rule changes. The offside's been changed however many times this season with those stupid lines at the draw across the pitch every week. <laughs> but that one, it's just blatant. I mean, how can somebody not be offside when they're stood 10 yards behind, at least 10 yards behind the last defender? But then as soon as he touches it, he becomes active. Listen, the, the referees and the officials have played to the rules that they've been told, but the rules that they've been told to play by are completely ludicrous. Well, only I in mean, England, Rob. How, only in England. How, Honestly, it's, it's, it's only in our league. I just said to Andy, if Ming, Mings has to be aware of him, so therefore he's, he's interfering. Otherwise, he could put his duck underneath that, let the ball roll to his keeper. I mean, it's just, it just beggars. I said it before you came. It's I, I, almost speechless. Happily, I found the words to batter them with, but I, I, they've created a problem yeah, you now. Did, that we, you, did a, you did a good job. Yeah, they've, they've created a problem now that we didn't need, that they didn't need. Well, what are they expecting Tyrone Mings to do? Just leave the ball? Um, I mean, then, no, then they, no. you can't do that as a central defender. You can't just leave the ball. I mean, I was watching the Liverpool-Burnley game last night. The offside when they don't put the flag up, when he's clearly oh. offside, three or four yards offside, oh, they let the play go on until trouble. they've had a shot or a goal kick or something. Literally 30 seconds a minute the game goes on and then everybody knows it's offside and then the, the linesman puts his flag up. It's ridiculous. Well, uh, it, it was Ben May. What's going to happen, Robbo? Keezy and I have pointed out. Sorry, Keezy and I have pointed out. What's going to happen? Someone is going to get badly yeah, injured. Ben Somebody's going to get through, blatantly yeah. offside. Keeper's going to come out. Well, either the keeper or the forward. One of them's going to get badly injured and they're going to go, oh, well, sorry about that. Yeah, something's going to happen. I mean, VAR is there for the offside decisions. 
lines, there's no point in linesmen at the moment because they're not even putting the flag up for anything. No, they're just isn't. waiting just for the for the game to stop. No, there isn't. But you know how it'll develop, chaps? It, it's something, again, Andy, you and I have discussed a lot. Uh, if Arsene Wenger gets his way and Pierre Luigi Colina, it, it will be um, it will be technical uh, that that offside is is decided by um, the equipment rather than the lino. So, uh, uh, again, we you know we've changed the rules to accommodate Guardiola to a larger degree. Now we change the rules to accommodate those that, cr- that invented VAR. I, I, again, that's something else that I, I just don't understand. It was a good game. Five years ago, we had a fabulous game. Uh, we've 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 bemused and baffled ourselves <coughs> with all these changes. Don't understand. No need for it. How would it change your your job, Robbo, in goal waiting? Well, it's it's a, it's a strange thing because you always knew that on on the pitch as a player, Andy will tell you, you knew whether you're offside yeah. or not, and you knew whether a player was offside or not. Players, I mean, unless it's a ridiculously tight decision, then it's down to the linesman's opinion. You always had a real good hunch and a good idea whether it was offside or not, but you're always taught to play to the whistle. But I mean, when's the whistle going to come now? They're not even waiting for the whistle. They're waiting for the game to stop. They're waiting for the ball to go out of play. They're waiting for the goalkeeper to make the save and then the rebound and then it go out for a corner. Oh, hang on, we'll bring it back for offside five minutes ago. It really is becoming a farce. How good, you mentioned Burnley, how good is Nick Pope and how long is it going to be before he establishes himself as England's number one. Yeah, he was outstanding again last night, wasn't he? Um, I think he's, he's got all the attributes. I think the only thing that he does lack a little bit is his footwork, which I know he works very hard on with Billy Mercer. And I think that's the only thing that holds him back from being a top, top-class goalkeeper. I think England have got three good goalkeepers at the moment. Um, Dean Henderson's lacking with his amount of game time. Um, Gareth was quite clever in the last international meetup. really. The way that he, he played it with the media with Jordan Pickford. He knew that he was his best and only option at that time. Nick Pope was playing in the Burnley time that was struggling. Um, Dean Henderson wasn't playing. And he gave Jordan Pickford his, his 100% back and said he's England's number one, which you, you don't often see England managers doing. I certainly didn't get that back in um, at, at the time when uh, I was playing. There's a reason for that. Um, Come, on. <laughs> Come on, you're dead, you're dead for my spec, mate. You're dead for my spec. It's a good job I've got a short memory, and it? It's a good job my memory's not good. Uh, Robbo, Robbo, of, of the three you mentioned then, of the three you mentioned, right, let's just say they're all at the top of their game, right? What decision yeah. would, uh, would Gareth make and why would that person be the number one? Well, at the moment, Jordan Pickford's the man in possession. And if he plays well and continues to play well, he'd have no reason to change him. It's going to be a a matter of him having the dip in form, his inconsistent form continuing. I personally think his form's improved. It's got better. I don't think he's at the level that he wants it at yet. Whereas Nick Pope is getting better week in and week out. It's going to be a big decision for the manager to to take the current number one out. But Nick Pope's given him every problem and every possibility that he he could Mm -hmm. do that. And we don't know what's going to happen with Dean Henderson. He may play well between now and the end of the season. We've got Sam Johnston, who's playing fantastically well at West Brom. And we've got um, at Carl Darlow at Newcastle, who's also yes, playing extremely well. Yeah. I mean, isn't it extraordinary, Robbo, that, that you know, again, how the game's changed? You're talking about he's, he's not particularly good with his feet. See, I always thought a goalkeeper's primary purpose was to keep the ball out of the net. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'm a dinosaur like you two, and I completely agree with you. Um, oh, the game has evolved, and we've got to we've got to change with the game and what managers are wanting goalkeepers to do now. He's not not particularly good with his feet, but he's not as good as the rest with his feet. It's something that he's worked very very hard on with goalkeeper coach Billy Mercer. I know that mm. I was at Burnley when he first came, and his left foot was almost non-existent at the time. So he, he's put a lot of hours and a lot of effort into it. But as you say, the, 
the, the, the primary job of a goalkeeper is keeping the ball out of the net. And Nick Pope's very good at shot stopping. He's the best that I've seen in the Premier League for aerial balls, commanding his box. There's nobody better that comes for crosses. You saw in the last minute at Anfield yeah. last night, yeah. Liverpool's corner piled everybody into the box. He comes out last night, takes it clean, calm, game over. Takes a lot of pressure off the defence. Mm. Uh, good news on being a dinosaur, by the way, and w- welcome if indeed you now consider yourself to be so. Um, they, they did rule the world for three hundred million years, Robbo. So there's plenty, plenty left. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, 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 Robbo, the one thing is they're very difficult to get rid of. Honestly, they really are. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is it the longevity that you two lads have got? Yeah. Right. Uh, next subject: <laughs> Leeds United. Can they ever be better than fourteenth to tenth? if they continue to play the way they do? I tell you what, I'd say that this year though, Keezy. I think it's a yeah, little bit I'll hard that, to say that, that. can they ever be better between 14th and 10th um, with what they've achieved this year and the budget that they've got. You look at the nucleus of the squad and the players that they've got. Yes, they've spent 100 million in, you know, about 100 million this summer, but that in relation to what everyone else has spent and everyone else's budget in the Premier League is a drop in the ocean. Um, I think they can with better players, but it's getting better players to do what the manager wants and the demands that he puts on them. Um, I think they've done hugely well this season. I think they'll finish mid-table. Um, but the demands that the manager puts on players and his recruitment policy in signing a certain type of player to fit a certain type of way that he wants to play is never going to change. Um, how long the manager is going to be around, we don't know. I mean, this is the longest he's ever stayed at a football club, mm. which is, you know, it's a, it's a huge achievement for Leeds United to be able to keep him there. But the problem that Leeds will have eventually, in my opinion, is when he does decide to move on, when he does decide to go to Pastures New, whenever that that may be, how are they going to change? The, the, the change is going to be huge. It's not just going to be a manager like for life. The changes that he's made at the training ground, the changes that he's made at the stadium, because he's so individual, because he's so unique, where, what's the contingency programme? It's going to be a huge upheaval if that day does come. What if they move uh, Robert, him on? If, 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 if he's, sorry. Sorry, Andy, well, yeah. if he's not going to change, like you say, if he's not going to change mm. and you think he's, he's set in his ways and he's almost his ideas are set in stone, um, is, he, is he going to be happy, you know, finishing top 10 just about, uh, scoring 65 goals, <laughs> conceding 65 goals, winning 10, losing 10, drawing 10? I mean, those kind of <laughs> figures are what, what we're seeing at the moment. Is he, is he going to be happy with that? See, can I? Sorry, Robert. Can I? Just, can I just add to that? Is the owner? I mean, Leeds United should be competing right, yeah. for a place in the top four, and that won't get them there, will it? Listen, I think in perspective, you've got to put it in perspective, lads. Let's walk, uh, walk before we can run. They've only just got mm-hmm. promoted after 16 years of being out of the Premier League, um, and I think they're having an outstanding season in the Premier League. Yes, they have to develop. Yes, they have to grow. But that comes with time. That comes with another transfer window. That comes with better players. That comes with the, you know, the manager understanding the league. I think with better players, they can achieve more. Defensively, they've got huge problems. They've conceded the, well, one of the second most goals, I think, in the Premier League. And mm-hmm. the goalkeepers made the second most saves in the Premier League, which is a glaring, you know, obvious that there's, there's a problem at the back. Going forward, we all know what they can do. He, he has got one way of playing. It's plan A. If plan A doesn't work, you do plan A a little bit better. If that doesn't work, you try a little bit harder on plan A and make a couple of substitutes. And that's just the way that he does things. And some weeks they'll get beat 4 or 5-1. Some weeks they'll win 1 or 2 nil. And that's just the roller coaster that it is at the moment. I think the fans are accepting it. Oh, they're loving it. Yeah, Rob, just one it. thing on the manager. Sorry, one more thing on the manager. Like, we saw, we saw Guardiola come into this league with views. And after a year, 
changed a little bit and, and changed the way he thought of it and, and, and tinkered with it. We saw Klopp come in his first year when he ran the legs off his players and by January or February they were, they were run out, they were done. He modified what he believed was needed in a team. Those guys sort of changed a little bit. Has Bielsa got it in him to tinker and adjust with what he believed? Or is he so single-minded he'll never change anything? Or not change it, just adjust things a little. Mm. I think you'll have to, Andy. I think when you look at the goals that they're conceding and yeah. certain games, I mean, it's a learning process for him as well. <laughs> it's a league that he's never managed in before. And I think he will have to come the end of the season. I mean, no team is going to survive comfortably conceding the amount of goals that they have done because you're not always going to be guaranteed to create the amount of chances to score the goals they have. I think potentially he has to evolve at the end of the season. Defensively, I think that he has to change his ways or improve the defensive side of things in the transfer market by getting better players. Because defensively, conceding the amount of goals and chances they are doing, it's always going to be an uphill task to survive in a league mm. that you know, the yeah. toughest league in the world, as we know. I can't, I can't remember, Robbo. It's back after 13 or 16 years. It, it, it's, um, it's one or the other. But that, that got me to thinking today before we spoke. How on earth did Leeds United play in a Champions League semi-final mm. one season and get relegated the next? How did that happen? It was incredible. Incredible times. I mean, you look back at the, at the um, when I was there, you, you'd go into the dressing room into training one day and you'd be like, oh, you're still here. Oh, you're still here. <laughs> And it was crazy. I mean, we, as you know, we know we know Reedy really well, and Reedy was tasked with, you know, cutting the wage bill by almost eighty percent. And we had a, a the season that Reedy kept us in the Premier League. We had loanees from all over the world that had no idea what it was like to play in the Premier League or to play for Leeds United. It was just one of the strangest times you could be in. I mean, who could ever imagine that Leeds United would ever play in the third-tier English football? Nobody. It wasn't not necessarily the championship, it was League One yeah. and the, the depth that they got to. And in all honesty, some of the players and managers that represented that club were absolutely, you know, they've won the lottery to, 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 win, to represent that club. You look at the managers and the yeah. players that have played for that club in the last, you know, obviously not recent times, but the, maybe 13, 14 years when they're at the lowest ebb, you, it, it was unrecognisable from the... Sleeping Giant, as such as it was. I mean, it, Sleeping Giant's used far too often, in my opinion. But I, I think for, for Leeds United, I think it's very, very yeah, it difficult. Does. It does. Yeah, it does do. But you see, I, yeah. we, I, I, I'm very lucky. I can turn to Andy and say, what's it like to, to, to win a title? You score in a European Cup final. Well, Cup Winners' Cup, but European final. Um, score goals in the FA Cup, League Cup. Get relegated. Had all kinds of different experiences. And, and one thing you always say is, well, you know, whatever's happening in the boardroom tends not to filter through. But but again, in this case, are we talking about an exception that you guys were aware of the chaos that was happening and it did filter through to the dressing room? Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, you'd be lying if I said it didn't. I mean, you know, it got, as I say, it got to the point of, you know, you were looking around in, in the dressing room every morning at training to see who was still there. And it was hard as a player because <laughs> you knew that you weren't wanted. You were an asset and you, you had to be sold. I mean, my deal for Tottenham was done in the January. Yeah. Um, I went down to White Hart Lane, had my medical, did everything, had all the contract ready to sign. And at the 11th hour, Leeds realised that they couldn't have me back on loan because they had too many players on loan. They needed the goalkeeper back, so the deal collapsed. So I went back in January <laughs> for the second half of the season, knowing that I'd, I'd already been sold and that Tottenham were good. They, they, they shook my hand and said they'd come back and revisit the transfer. They were good to their word at the end of the season. <laughs> um, but as you like, as I said, players at that time, it was very hard not to 
know what was going on at the club because it was splashed over the front and back pages of every single newspaper every day as well. So I'm just trying to work this deal out. Initially, you were going, I think, for two and a half million, weren't you, in the January to be loaned back until the end of the season. Didn't they then nick you for about one and a half? I can't remember what the what the figures were, but um, the, the deal was done and agreed in the January, um, literally to the point of just about to put pen to paper um, at White Hart Lane. And, and Daniel Levy, to his credit, you know, a, a gentleman took my hand and said, we'll, we'll revisit this yeah. in the summer. And, wow. you know, we, I let in an unprecedented amount of goals and we got relegated, but he, he obviously still saw something in me and came back and got me. That is well, I think that was a plan, Keezy. I think there was a plan in January said to Robbo, listen, Robbo, you dip back there to, to lead. Chuck in a few and we'll get you for a million less than we should have done. <laughs> how, different, how different was it then to the year you went with Blackburn, if at all? Does it, does it still taste sour? There's a lot of similarities, yeah, um, because of the upheaval off, off the field with the new owners, the Denkies coming in. Um, the, the change of management, uh, the, the number of times we changed management, and from a football club that went from uh, a sound, financially well-run Premier League football mm-hmm. club, um, the one that I signed for, uh, with John Williams in charge, to you know the, the Venkies in charge, and the chaos that, that, that followed that, with the, the potential of the chickens and Steve Keane and everything else, you know all the the, the, the sides go off the field. And it became it became very similar to, to Leeds United as well. I mean, I, I spent seven years at Blackburn, six of which were really happy. I really enjoyed playing for a really good, well-run football club. But what mm. you know, the, my last year or so at the club, I was I wasn't playing because I was on appearance money. I wasn't playing because they wanted rid of me. And you know, it was it, it just tarnished the whole experience of being there. But it was a very very. It wasn't for the extreme of, of Leeds United, but it was very similar because of the off-field events. Mm. I mean, Steve Keane was put in charge. And the Benkies have never had a football club, never run a football club, and they were being advised. Steve Keane was running the whole football club. He wasn't just managing the team. He was reporting back to them. <laughs> he was flying out to India every three or four weeks. And uh, I, I don't know for definite, but you know, he was running, going back, telling about ticket sales, about how the club shop's going, about how everything's going, because he was their <laughs> manager to manage their football club. Do we? I just know that wow. he wasn't focused solely on football. Do, do I mean they, they promised? Champions League football for five million quid, which which was never going to happen, was it? But do, do, do we place any no. store by the suggestion that they didn't know you could be relegated from the Premier League when they bought it? Well, you see, I don't know how true that is, Stevie. I mean, no, there's, I there's, 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 a, there's a lot of stories and we hear things as players with certain agents, advising owners and everything, and you never actually get to find out the, the, the true story of what actually happened. I know there's there's three of the Venkies. There was the there's the sister and the two brothers. Mm. The two brothers fronted it, but the the sister, I think she was the, the madam. She made all the decisions and she made all, she had the final say on everything. Um, as to their knowledge of the the football, the the English game or whatever, I, I really don't know as to, to what yeah. level they could or be, whether it was sold. It must be sold <laughs> when, when, when when you're not playing simply because they can't afford to play you and you 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 sort of join the bomb squad. I mean, there's nowhere to go then, is there? Mate, I was, I think I was 35, no. 36 at the time. Um, and Gary Bowie called me in at the time and went, look, it, you know, we need to move you on. Uh, I'm not going to play. I'm not, you're not going to be in the squad, but I'm not going to throw you around the world, you know, just sitting in the stand watching football. So long as you're not a bad egg in the, in the, in the dressing room and in the training ground. He said, I know you can't do that. He said, I know you, you're not that type of character. You're not that type of player. Um, he said, but look, if you, you, you do all right by me, he said, I'll, I'll look after you kind of thing for the last four or five months. Because I said to him quite honestly, I said, Gaffer, I'm 35. I've had a black operation. Yeah. I've had a blood clot on my lung. 
I've just got back fit again the last 12 months or so. I've just started playing. I'm not going to get this contract anywhere else for six months. I, do they think I'm crazy if I'm going to leave at Christmas with, with like six months left on my contract? So I, I wasn't going anywhere. So it got to the point of like, I went to see Gary's and like the, 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 the coach and staff, just like, Gaffer, it's half term this week. Can I have a couple of days off? Like, yeah, yeah, fine. No, no problem. You, you've got to go and take the kids away. Well, at least they, at least they, they did right by you. No, they, yeah. they were brilliant by well, the, the management and the staff, you can't fault anybody at Blackburn. The, you know, the, 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 to an extent, their hands were tied. Um, I was. I ended up going in three days a week towards the last couple of weeks, mate, playing badminton with the physios. It was. It, it, it got to that point. <laughs> it was. It was so Robbo, what's your team? What would you regard as your team? Somebody said, Robbo, like, what's your team? Yeah, well, obviously, they're living up here at, at Harrogate. I think Leeds, Leeds are probably nudged ever so slightly over Spurs. Spurs, I had the best yeah. time and played my best football at and my best football yeah. memories. Um, but Leeds gave me the ground and I was there from when I was 12 years old and I left at 23. Um, and living back up in the area now, I've got great relationships at the football club. My boys at the academy there, so I'm up there three nights a week. Um, and I've got great relationships with that club and since retiring and moving back home and having a lot more time home and in the media Leeds are probably one of the, the teams that I've covered the most and it's just grown my affinity back back with them Good, well, mm-hmm. listen, continue to enjoy the gravy my friend up there and uh, stay yeah. safe <laughs> <laughs> we, we... Uh, I look forward to coming to see you soon and taking your money on the golf well, course Yeah, well, no, we look forward to you coming but that, that would be a first if you took the money but but it, it has been <laughs> Well, it would be because you're my partner, Keith It would be, yeah, you're right <laughs> It's been great to catch up, Robbo and on a serious note, take care, my friend make sure you do things right going forward Yes yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. And you look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. See you, Robbo. Thanks for talking yeah, to Andrew, us. Yeah, Andrew, Robbo. See you later. <laughs> Great. Great lad. <laughs> Paul, Paul Robinson. Uh, uh, did that ever happen to you, Andy? Did you ever find yourself surplus to requirements and, and training with the bomb squad? No, not really. Um, I, uh, I, I found myself in the same sort of situation with Robbo when I had to go when Wolves were in administration. And uh, everybody, every player was an asset, and uh, we all had a price on our heads. And mm. it was a case, a bit like was, I was chuckling to myself when he was saying, You used to walk in and see who's there and who's not. Well, it was the same at Wolves those years. You used to walk in and think, well, I wonder who'll be there this morning at training. And, and the guys would have had that one day because one day I left, one Thursday I left training keys as a Wolves player. And then in between Thursday morning and Friday morning, when the guys were back in again, I wasn't there. I was at Everton. So, <laughs> It was that kind of situation. You never knew where you were going to be. <laughs> well, uh, I do know that this time next week you'll be back here. Uh, continue to enjoy your holiday. Yep. I, I keep repeating it, Andy. I, it's the same for everybody, but for goodness sake, stay safe, my friend. Um, and if you yeah, want to get Andrew's in touch fun. with us, uh, you can on Twitter and Instagram at Keys and Grey Pod. Keys and A N D Grey Pod. Um, and uh, thank you once again for your company this week. Subscribe, leave us a review, and we'll see you in seven days. Thanks, Andy. Travel well. Absolutely. Cheers, guys.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.